Let's not talk about that D&D campaign. <laughs> no, we're not talking about ones that happened in the past where I killed people during the first session, which is a thing that did happen in the past. It was uh, a heck of a combat. Yeah, in mine, uh, one, one player threw a pebble at another player and killed their character. Welcome back to our podcast, Tales from the Table. I'm Cloud, the dungeon master and creator of this adventure, and around our virtual table we have... Athanasius. Flower. And Caden. All right. Um, and I'm going to do that evil thing where I make one of you guys give a summary of what happened last time. Well, you should make me do it since you fucking killed me. <laughs> yeah okay great uh yeah athanasius why don't you give us uh your summary of what happened uh last time we penetrated the ruins we found it was uh, triple penetration yeah it was triple penetration actually not really because caden said he held back but it was at oh, least okay. double just penetration double. just double um we found what seemed like the puzzle that they had based our one trial off of um, and it had been smashed in half, basically. Uh, and it led into a room that had these, uh, like, guardian creatures in it that had also been destroyed. Uh, we did learn that they were looking for the power source, right? Uh, you're looking for an ancient magical artifact that, according to legend, is located in the center of the city and provided the city with uh, its magical power, yes. Right. So we're looking for the magical power that we think is making the islands float. Correct. Um, we had to climb some vines. I got wrapped up by a snake tail. It was very nice. Mm -hmm. um, a warm embrace. A warm embrace. Laura used his divine sense uh, to figure out that the entire place was magic as fuck. And then we fought some centipedes. Uh, their eggs are still there. I intend to burn them. The others are probably going to try to stop me. And I am currently paralyzed. Woo. You are. And unconscious. Nope, you're conscious. Oh, you're I, right, right, right. I got healed. I was unconscious for a bit. Yeah. Like the whole fight. Pretty much the whole fight. I did <laughs> nothing except foil their sneak attack. Yeah. I foiled yeah. their sneak attack and then immediately got downed and paralyzed. And that was basically what we did last episode. Combat takes a long time. Yeah. There was also some exposition and that took a long time too. Yeah. But yeah, combat combat does that. All right. So yeah, you guys are currently in this like earthen cavern, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, where these centipedes were um, and they're charred and blackened bodies still are. Virginia has some uh, some wounds, but she's she's sort of patching them up uh, as best she can with like some scraps of cloth and stuff, and sort you know stop the bleeding and everything. She doesn't look too concerned, and she um, she tells you guys that she's fine. She's she's a pretty tough lady. You said I can like move my eyes, right? 
Yeah. I, th- I think you can sort of, like, move your eyes, like, just a little bit, but, like, not really blink. It, you're not, like, so fully paralyzed that you're going to die because you can't breathe and your heart can't beat or something like that. Right. So I think since Flower is right by me, I'm going to kind of, like, look at Flower and then, like, look at the torch that I threw on the ground and then, like, look at the eggs and then look back at Flower and see if he gets it. <laughs> It's a pretty heavy lift for 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 flower to interpret that. The flower's like, you want me to warm up the eggs, keep them nice and warm? Yes, yes. <laughs> right to the. His eyes get a little wide, and he's like, "Does that mean yes or no?" <laughs> right. Uh, I wiggle my eyes back and forth. No. No. Uh, okay, Caden. I'm completely confused. Caden <laughs> picks up the torch and he brings it over and puts it in Athens' hand. There we go. <laughs> Excellent solution to the problem. I ready oh, an action to facepalm as soon as I'm not paralyzed. Okay. <laughs> okay, noted. Um, so that uh, that paralyzed condition is going to take about an hour to wear off um, by itself. So did you guys want to, you guys could take a short rest. Uh, and then by the end of that, it would have worn off. Um, you guys can also, this is a pretty large room. Um, you guys can roll me investigation checks if you want to kind of look around. Oh, investigation. That's a very good one. Yeah. So Flower can totally sit there and rest, but Caden, Caden's going to look around. Yeah. I was going to say, if you guys want to take, I know nobody took damage except, uh, Athanasius and Vertinia, um, but if you guys wanted to take a, you can take a long rest and look around. Like a long rest doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit still in one place. You mean short rest, short yes. Rest. Sorry, I do mean short rest. I'm very sorry about that. Are I you going to let rest. me roll a uh, health die even though I'm paralyzed? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That just represents sort of the natural healing that your body does as you sit and recover so I rolled a 91 on my investigation. So I'm just, I want to try and like bounce on top of one of the orbs. Because <laughs> okay. I assume it's like, because it's like organic, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of a little bit sticky and slimy. They're definitely squishy when you touch it. I want to get on like top and just kind of and... like jump on it, bounce on it. Uh, yeah, you. it's not great. Like you, you kind of, I think your foot maybe like punctures it a little bit. And a bunch of that like uh, glowing liquid sort of like squirts out and kind of like covers your your foot it's super gross oh no yeah it's not it's not great can i check out the dead centipedes and see if there's anything like harvestable on them yeah you can in fact uh why don't you like roll an investigation check just like for the room in general um and see what you find that's a natural 20 even with a minus one intelligence (laughs) Cool. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a natty 20 is a natty 20, so... I rolled a natty right. 1 and you, and you rolled a natty 20. <laughs> it, ba- it balances each other out. All right, because, yeah, Vertinia, I think once she realizes there's not much to be done uh, for Athanasius, as long as he's comfortable, um, that the best thing to do is sort of, like, be on guard but rest for a little bit until he recovers his mobility. I think when she realizes that, she she too is going to take one of the torches that was dropped on the ground and, and kind of start looking around. Um, so, Flower, uh, you see a bunch of stuff while 
Caden is bouncing on top of that egg. No, I'm just going to spend the rest of my short rest cleaning my leg. Oh, okay. And then is cleaning the sticky, uh, glowing ichor off his leg. Um, Caden, as you do that, like, it's hard to get off. Like, it sticks to your fingers and stuff like that, too. Um, it's not great. And um, as you're sort of, like, touching it, you notice that um, your hand... Uh, you remember how I described, like, the veins sort of glowing where people were uh, bitten? Yeah. Yeah, the veins in your hand start to do that, too. But I have a protective layer of skin. Yeah, it, some of it, it's not as much, but it, some of it kind of, like, seeps through a little bit, too. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not great. It doesn't deal you any damage, but um, it's affecting you, for sure. Hey, uh, my hand's glowing. Hang on, I'm over here yeah. um, investigating absolutely everything. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> okay. All right. You see a bunch of stuff. So first off, um, kind of on the other side of the room, it's kind of like a long room. And on the other side, there are five more uh, of these glowing spheres. Um, uh, there's also that sort of like pile of bones and stuff. Uh, Vertinia seems especially interested in that. She goes over there. Um, and you can see that uh, there's a bunch of uh, sort of like cracked uh, white bones. They look like they've been picked completely clean uh, of any organic matter. Um, so it's a little hard to, you know, necessarily maybe identify individuals, but um, there are, uh, their clothing is still there. And it's definitely um, those dark gray uh, Rascal and Associates uniforms, uh, the dark gray with silver fastenings. And um, there's like some of their weapons and armor is on the ground too. Um, you know, swords, <laughs> daggers, I would I would suspect, you know, that sort of thing. Um, no, nothing fancy. And uh, you also, uh, towards the other end of the room, uh, so that's, on the other end of the room, that's where you find the other cluster of these spheres. Uh, there's also an exit over there, another tunnel that leads north. Uh, and uh, you also find uh, a fourth dead centipede. Um, it looks like it's been partially eaten a little bit. Uh, like maybe the centipedes will kind of eat anything and don't really care even if it's another centipede, they'll eat it. And um, as you sort of... Uh, look at the body of this fourth dead centipede, you notice that um, there is a long dagger that is sort of lodged in between, uh, like, two of it, the plates of its, you know, body. If I pull out the dagger, is there anything interesting about it? Uh, no, it looks like a pretty ordinary dagger, except that it's quite long. Um, it's, it, it's maybe like, you know, like when people say dagger, like they could mean a lot of things. Like some of them are really short, some of them are longer. And this is a fairly long one. It doesn't have any identifying markings on it or anything like that, though. Um, it is just pretty standard looking. Okay. And at this point, I probably hear Caden going like, um, so I'll come back to see what's going on there. Okay. My hands are glowing. Your hands are glowing. What do you think it does? It's probably fine. I mean, you're still good, right? You don't feel, you know, it's not doing anything to your brain. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. 
feels a little tingly, maybe. So did I get all the goo off of me, or? Yeah, I think you've gotten it off by now. Okay. Kind of wiped it off Because if you said no, I was going to ask if I can just make it rain. No, no, there's no need. There's no need for that. That would be hilarious, though. That'd be great. I don't like this icky goose. I'm just going to get drenched. Ugh. Then you'd be all wet. I guess then you can cast gust to dry yourself off. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so yeah, you guys can sit here and, and rest up for an hour. Uh, what would you like to do next? I assume Athanasius oh, wait for Athens has... to get up. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, once perilous. once the hour is up and, and Athanasius can move again. By the way, uh by the time the hour is up, uh the glow has subsided uh from Athanasius's wounds, from Virtinia's wounds, and from Caden's hand. Awesome. I immediately take a torch to the egg closest to me. Hey, there's not a lot of whole lot of ventilation in here. I don't want to inhale all that smoke. Yeah, you're going to have a bit of a hard time lighting these things with just a torch because they're kind of wet and sticky. Flower's like, oh, is that what you wanted to do? And he just picks up a big chunk of rock and like drops it on the eggs. Ah, okay. Uh, Yeah, you can definitely break the... Uh, did you say eggs? Sorry, did I spoil that for somebody? Um, you made it really obvious that they were eggs. We, we figured it out. Um, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. You've put two and two together. It's, okay, yeah. fine. Oh, you solved my egg puzzle this is not fucking legend of zelda we do not need a chime whenever we do anything correctly um okay fine yeah you can totally um like you can take a like sword or a rock or whatever and and try to hack at these yeah i don't want to get the don't want to get the goo on my weapons so i'm just gonna sort of at a distance huck some big rocks at them Okay, yeah. I mean, they they definitely split apart, um, and there are definitely like half formed centipedes inside. It's really gross, though. Like a bunch of that shining, glowing stuff oozes out all over the floor. Are you guys being careful to try to like avoid it? Yeah, Keaton's having no part of this. Athens is definitely being careful to avoid it. I'm playing a little bit of a game with it and seeing like how close I can get without it without it hitting me. Um. Okay. So do you guys destroy? There were ten eggs total you guys get you guys get them all unless you've hidden one away somewhere that's not obvious and you want us to roll perception for it i mean uh flower already got a natty 20 in his investigation so if there was anything he he saw every single thing there was to find in this room so yeah you guys can destroy all those eggs um uh yeah and then all that's left is the partially eaten dead centipede the pile of bones and the tunnel leading north did you point out uh the the fourth uh centipede to your uh companion's flower oh yeah for sure and i'll ask Virginia if the um long dagger looks at all familiar to her yeah um i think she takes it and kind of frowns and and turns it over in her hands kind of looking at it and she's like you know, obviously, some of our employees use, you know, company issue weapons, um, and this isn't one of them. However, um, just like you guys, some employees already have their own belongings that they use. Uh, but she seems a little troubled looking at this centipede. And I think she looks to you, Flower, and she would say... Flower, how long do you think this this centipede has been dead for? Like, is it is it rotting, or is, does it look sort of? Nope. Oh, it looks fresh. Nope. Oh yeah. Ooh, like if I put a hand on it, does it? Mm. 
Would, I, would it feel warm? I mean, there w- it wouldn't really be warm because I don't think centipedes have like body heat. But like, yeah, like the bones that were over in the corner have clearly been stripped clean. And Virginia told you before, I think that the first party was sent in three months ago and then they sent in another party after them that didn't come back. But like those have probably been there for a while. But this, um, it definitely would have been eaten if it had been there for longer than maybe like a day. Caden interjects, about three. <laughs> three. Yes, three. Caden uh, shrugs his shoulders. Okay, Virginia is kind of like three. What? Okay, what? Uh, mm, okay, she's just gonna let that pass. <laughs> I think it's fresh, which is there's definitely some some logical leaps to be made here that I'm having a little bit of trouble with. Indeed. Um, I think she kind of takes that dagger and she, um, sort of like slips it into a, like, you know, like a pouch. I don't think she has an extra sheath for it, but she, she's going to take it with you guys. Definitely. She's, she's making some leaps too in her head, I think. Uh, and then there's just a single tunnel leading onward. Um, and she's going to take up a torch and, uh, walk down it. Uh, if you guys are ready. Right. Let's go. Kane still stand behind. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right, so uh, this tunnel is pretty much like the first one you came through. Uh, it sort of uh, leads on, twisting and turning a little bit. And then eventually it opens up into a small circular room. Uh, the walls and floor are made of stone, uh, though in some places the stone is crumbled away, leaving patches of packed earth instead. Um, it looks like this was once a building of some sort, but it's become buried underground. It's like if there was like a room and then it got buried underground. And so then even when the walls crumbled away, there was still like dirt there. Along one of the walls, uh, or it, it's a circle. So like along one section of the wall, I guess, um, there are four large stone chests. And then on the other side of the room, uh, there's also like a small pool that's like trickling in through a crack in the wall. There's like a stream of water trickling in and then it's forming like a pool on the ground. And surrounding the pool is a bed of soft moss uh, and some tiny little glowing mushrooms. And then uh, there is another uh, tunnel that leads off from this one to the west. And I really want to cast Detect Magic on those chests. But I don't think it'll actually help because Flowers have already said that this whole place is magic as fuck. Hmm. So there's a pool with mushrooms running it on the left, and then the stone chests are on the right. Actually, it's reversed. Okay. The pool is along the right wall, and the stone chests are along the left wall. And then just north of where the stone chests are, you guys came in from the south, and then just north uh, on the left uh, wall is another uh, an entrance to another tunnel that seems to be le- leading off in the west okay i guess Caden will go up and look at the chests uh yeah you examine them and um they don't appear to have any sort of like locks on them or anything you kind of um they're just sort of like stone boxes with just like lids resting on top and uh if you want you can kind of shift you can try to shift the lids aside a little bit to see if you can open them uh can i'll try that okay yeah um it's maybe a little hard for you because they're kind of heavy um but you managed to um maybe slide one off i imagine i imagine just athens and flower these 
two big muscular people standing behind him watching the little halfling try and struggle with the stone. <laughs> yeah, while, while, uh, yeah, exactly, while, while short, uh, Caden goes over and, and tries to shove the lid off of one of these stone chests. In fact, they're maybe high enough that you have to stand on one chest and shove the lid off another. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can, you can do that. Yeah, if you shove the lids off all four chests, uh, inside you find some stuff. Um, in one of them you find, uh, basically just some, like, dust and, like, moldering remains. It was probably something organic, like wood or cloth, um, that has, like, rotted away over time. Um, but in the other three, uh, you find some stuff that hasn't spoiled. Uh, several polished gemstones that are this, uh, beautiful, deep, clear blue color, um, like sapphires. Um, Ooh, and those look those. pretty cool. And uh, there are also some, like, ingots of silver and gold. And altogether, uh, the, like, valuable stuff that you find, you think would probably be worth around uh, 600 GP. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, so are the gemstones just value? Yeah, I'm not. Okay, so here's the thing, like. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just clarifying. Are they as valuable as just a bunch of gold and silver? Yeah, like, I'm not going to make you guys go through the hassle of, like, okay, we have gemstones, so now we have to go to the market and try to sell them and get gold pieces for them. No, I was like, just clarifying that there was no other use for the gemstones. Um, well, actually, some uh, spells do require gemstone components or other valuable components. But I think in the case of those spells, I'll just allow you to substitute. There's always a GP amount value given, and you can just say that you subtract that from your total i'm also not gonna have you be like oh man like i really want to be able to cast dramuj's instant summons so i have to make sure i go to the bazaar and buy a sapphire worth at least 1500 gp or whatever it is so that i can cast that spell whenever like no it's fine like if you want to cast that spell just subtract 1500 gp from your total when you want to cast it and i'm also not gonna make you like take all your loot to the market and sell it for coin like that just sucks so like it's fine okay and then uh in another chest you also find uh two small stone pots uh that are filled with a pungent salve um and Caden, if you want to try to make an herbalism check 100 herbalism isn't really a check um if you want to make a it doesn't knowledge... matter it's a natty one Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't know what those do. <laughs> I am rolling so many crits today, and not all of them are good. I rolled a 20 on my first roll, and then just ones. All that karma came back for you. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Okay, well, you find some stone pots that have a salve in it, and you're not quite sure what that is. I bring them together just once. I'm playing into the natty one, okay? I'm trying to remember how much of our uh, plunder are we allowed to keep? Was it 10%? No, it's 100%. They told you you could keep all of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait. I could uh, re-roll my... I could use my luck trait. <laughs> you could if oh, you hey. if you want to use that to identify the salve. Uh, no, I think I'll just store it. I mean, you could also potentially show it to your companions and see if they know what it is. No, I just store it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, you guys can also make, uh, investigation checks if you want to see if there's anything else cool in this room. I mean, there's a pool with some mushrooms. 
That's a 16 for Athens. Well, Flower is just amazing. He rolled an 18, so that's a 17. Caden uh, rolled a 14. Wait, wait, wait. 15. So we have a 15, a 16, and a 17. Nice. Um, so cool. You guys, uh, you guys are like really sleuthing this out really well. So you guys are like going around the room. You're looking at the stone chests. There's really nothing more interesting about the chests. They don't appear to be like magical or interesting in any way. They're even pretty plain. Um, they just had some cool stuff inside. Um, you think based on like the stone chests and maybe some fragments of stuff that you find in the room that maybe this was like a storeroom at one point where stuff was kept maybe even like a treasury or something like that since you found like valuable stuff the pool that has formed the water seems perfectly fine safe and good to drink and everything like that you also you see in sort of like the mouth uh, of the tunnel uh, that's like leading onward, you see there are some kind of like long gouge marks. Um, and you're not quite sure uh, what would have made those. Any like hieroglyphs in a language that I might recognize or anything? Not in this room, no. You don't see any writing. Um, and you you would recognize that because uh, you uh, can actually uh, read the script uh, of this language that was spoken by the people who lived here. So yeah, you see some kind of like gouge marks in the earth around the mouth of the tunnel. That's a little weird. And then uh, over by the pool, it's surrounded by this bed of really soft moss. And uh, when you go over there and you look a little more carefully, you actually see uh, the light indentation of a footprint uh, that's been left in the moss around the pool. Um, it looks like it was left by uh, a medium-sized humanoid of some sort. Caden wants to pick pick a mushroom. Okay, yeah, you can pick a mushroom. Caden picks several mushrooms after the first one. Um, I think when you pick them, uh, the glow fades a little bit from them. Caden stores. Does the uh, footprint seem to be pointing towards the tunnel? Um, no. Uh. It, it just looks like maybe somebody stepped there at some point. So there's long, like, you're, like are these gouge marks in the tunnel, are they, like, short? Are they, like, long down the tunnel? or? Um, so it kind of looks like, I mean, you guys have fought the centipedes now. And I think when you look at these gouge marks, you think about um, how those centipedes had kind of, like, long, sharp, pointed, you know, scuttly legs. Um, and maybe if a centipede, I mean, like these tunnels, like what made these tunnels and you kind of think to yourself, uh, like, you know, if the centipedes were going through these tunnels, they, their legs might've made some scratches in the walls. That's useful. Fair enough. Yeah. It doesn't look like, um, it doesn't look like something that was done deliberately by a creature with intelligence to, like, make a mark or something like that. It looks more like something moved through there that made a gouge mark. Well, are we going? Seems like we've seen everything there is to see here. I think I think Virginia is, um, you know, uh, takes a look at the footprint in the moss and uh, looks at the tunnel. And she's definitely going to keep her sword drawn in one hand and the torch in the other um, as you guys move on. I have my shield and the torch. I don't have my axe out. All right. Um, this tunnel's a little more narrow 
So I think Virginia is going to go first. Uh, what order do you guys want to go in? Only single penetration this time. I think I think so. Caden wants to go after Virginia this time. Oh, okay. Caden's Caden's starting to feel like Virginia's uh, kind of a badass. No, he just wants to get moving. Oh, all right, fair enough. Um, as you guys go down this tunnel, uh, a little ways, um, it actually forks. There's a fork that goes. Uh, to the left, and a fork that goes to the right. Hmm. I think we'll probably just follow Virtinia's cue on this one. Well, what does Virtinia think? Um. Does she have no idea? Yeah, I mean, like, she doesn't know any better than you guys. Can I roll perception, see if I hear or see anything different about each passageway? Uh, sure. You can go ahead and do that. Okay, well, that's a two. <laughs> every Every single little roll I've had has been investigation or perception. Caden's just totally out of it today. Caden is blind. He's like scared shitless, basically. Yeah. No, maybe gonna... he's like coming down with a cold. I was going to ask if um, a survival check would help here to sort of see like tracks or some sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. You can make a survival check. That helps with stuff like tracking and, you know, figuring out wilderness stuff. Cool. That's a 12. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think... With that, I think what you see is you can kind of see these, like, claw marks, for lack of a better word, kind of, like, in the tunnel all over the place. Um, and they seem to go down both branches pretty equally. Um, but I think down the one, uh, you see maybe just the faintest hint of light. Uh, and that would be coming from the left fork. Um, Since the other two have tried their checks, I think... Athens is going to try an Arcana check. Okay. To see if he's feeling a stronger magical pull from one of the two paths. Okay. Um, the way I like to handle this is to make a, a sense magic check. So roll a d20, add your proficiency bonus, and your spellcasting modifier. So as a cleric, that would be your wisdom. It's 24. Oh, gee. Okay, yeah. Um, you're sensing magic really well today. Um, okay, yeah, you... So, first of all, this whole place is magic, right? So you sense kind of the same thing that Flower did. That this whole place is, for lack of a better term, uh, magic as fuck. Um, there's magic magic everywhere around you. You don't necessarily feel a stronger pull from the left or the right, um, you kind of feel it from both directions. You almost feel as if there's something down either one that is very magical that is pulling at you. There's definitely an area of deep magic somewhere further on, um, but you kind of feel the equal pull from both directions. Okay, I relay that to Virginia. She nods. I think she notices the. Uh, there's just like a slight hint of light that's coming from the left tunnel, and I think she notices that too. And so I think she's she's gonna um, ask if you guys want to go that way. That might be eggs. It, it certainly could be more eggs, but uh, if it is, then perhaps we can destroy them before they hatch. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Athanasius is down with that. Caden moves to the back of the line. Let's go. Um, yeah, actually, so you you guys go down this left 
tunnel. And after a little ways, it actually forks again, uh, left or right. The glow is stronger now and it's coming, it's actually not quite forking left and right. It's like one is straight ahead and one is further left. And there's definitely a stronger light coming from straight ahead. Like the light is growing stronger. Can we tell the color of the light? Yeah, it's that same sort of uh, ghostly, slightly pulsing white glow that you saw before. Probably eggs. Or it could be whatever made the eggs like that in the first place. Should we be sneaky as we go? You can try to be sneaky. We can try. A giant snake person and a big old dragonborn don't really strike me as stealthy, but I guess we can try our best. Virginia too, I imagine. Yeah. Although, you know, Virginia's a half-elf, so, you know, she's actually pretty dexterous, which in Dungeons & Dragons is what helps you be stealthy. No, I can hide behind you guys. Now you roll 19, so I'm totally stealthy. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, uh, Virginia's fine with uh, proceeding with caution, if you guys want to do that. Athens rolled a six. Are, are we doing stealth checks? If you would like to. A three. <laughs> okay. That that lines up pretty pretty accurately mm-hmm. with how I thought okay, this Virginia, would go. Virginia got like a 16, so she's fine. Um... Uh, I think she, you know, blends into, oh, you guys were carrying a torch. It's pretty hard to be stealthy with a torch. If, if she puts that out, you guys will be stealthy, but, um, you guys won't be able to see nearly as well. She'll be fine. I mean, we do have the glow to go by at this point. It's true. Uh, it's, it's very dim at this point. Um, but it's it's getting stronger as you move towards, you know, whatever you would assume is the source of it. Well, you guys are in front of me. Yeah, Athen puts out his torch. Okay, Virginia will follow your lead then, um, and she'll she will also extinguish her torch. Not um, that it really and... matters because we got a three and a six. <laughs> right. But hey, we're so, trying. Okay, so yeah, like you guys extinguish your torches. She blends into the shadows quite well. Um, Uh, She's a half-elf, so she can move, you know, quite gracefully, Um, despite the fact that she, you know, is is packing quite a bit of heat, uh, and, uh, as they say, and also wearing some fairly serious armor, uh, so that's kind of impressive. Um, uh, But I think maybe uh, Athen steps on Flower's tail uh, by accident, and uh, uh, causing you both to sort of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, smack into the wall a little bit and, and cause quite a bit of noise and ruckus. Make, make a clatter. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's some, some clattering and some jostling around and only Virginia really manages to be... Oh, and Caden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I can hide he's... behind them. Yeah, Caden's hidden behind everybody. Nobody knows he's there. He's a shadow. I am the shadow. As you guys uh, sort of round a bend, uh, you see what is making the glow, and it is not eggs. Um, The floor, walls, and ceiling of the tunnel in front of you are are just completely covered in glowing mushrooms. 
Um, mm-hmm. And these mushrooms are not, they're bigger than the ones that were, than the just tiny little ones that were growing by the pool. Um, those were like really, really small. Like if you've ever seen like moss in the woods that just has like little tiny mushrooms growing out of it. Um, but these ones are large, like the caps are maybe like about the size of your fist. Um, and they are emitting a sort of cloud of faintly glowing spores that hangs in the air. This doesn't look safe. Oh, where did you come from? (laughs) (laughs) Can I like blow them away? Uh, you can try. Do you want me to roll? No, are you just going to use Gust? I, I can use Gust or Weather Worker, either one. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can uh, move air. And yeah, uh, the air uh, can blow the spores like away from you guys, like down this tunnel. I just kind of like blow them each to the side so that like the, we oh. don't have, if we walk like straight, like, uh, like Moses parting the waves, I'm just like parting the cloud of spores. That okay. is uh, thematically appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Parting the cloud of spores. Yeah, you can probably achieve that if you if you work at it. I a imagine bit. just like sending like a strong gust down the center, and then like they have to move to the side. That's how I yeah. imagine that would work. Yeah, I mean, you're probably the ones that are in the center. You're you're just gonna blow them further down the tunnel, but like that that's fine if you keep blowing, they'll just keep going ahead of you, and hopefully, eventually disperse somewhere. Exactly. Cool. So yeah, that's a good job. Uh, yeah, you guys can pass through uh, underneath these glowing mushrooms, and um, as you do, um, the mushrooms just sort of like continue coating the uh, the walls, the floor, the ceiling, everything. As you emerge into another chamber, um, this one again looks like another. Uh, like circular room that was then like buried underground um, like the one you just came from except that this one is filled with mushrooms Um, they're not all emitting spores um, but they are all glowing Um, there's tons of different varieties in here um, growing out of the walls and the floor and ceiling Um, and once you blow the spores into here they sort of they, they sort of disperse, so there's there's no more danger of you guys, like, breathing them in or anything like that. Flower's been holding his, his breath the whole time anyways. He can hold his breath for, like, 15 minutes, so he's like, <gasps> Oh, that's right, you can hold your breath for 15 minutes. I forgot about that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so you guys um, emerge into this chamber that's just full of these glowing mushrooms. It's actually kind of eerily beautiful. Um, and it looks like it was another one of those circular rooms, but on one side, um, the, like, earth has sort of, there's been almost like a, not a rock slide, like an earth slide? I I don't know how else to describe it. Like, one of the walls, the earth has sort of, like, collapsed a little bit so that instead of a circular wall, half the room is kind of full of soft dirt, um, on the one side... As you guys walk in, um, you're sort of overwhelmed by the sight of all these beautiful glowing mushrooms. Um, But Athanasius, when you walk into this chamber, you actually see something else. Um, As you look around, suddenly the room in front of you, uh, this dark, damp uh, chamber that's overgrown with mushrooms, 
fades away, and in its place you see a stone chamber filled with warm sunlight. The gray stone walls are whole again and covered in colorful tapestries, and you can see what looks like a bed and some other furniture. And as you watch, uh, the door of this chamber opens, and a young woman, very tall with broad shoulders and gray skin, rushes in. She's breathing heavily, and her long, dark hair is coming out of its elaborate buns. She quickly closes the door behind her, and she strides purposefully across the room, uh, and she starts pulling clothes and a few small items out of chests and off of shelves, and packing them into a small satchel. She reaches up and takes the silver ornaments out of her hair, and she packs them as well, and she uh, changes out of the soft cloth slippers she's wearing and puts on a pair of tough leather boots. Finally, she wraps a dark cloak around her shoulders, and uh, she seems about to leave, but uh, just as she puts her hand out to the door, she hesitates. Um, and she uh, reaches out, and um, her one hand uh, goes to a bracelet that she's still wearing on her left wrist. You see her close her eyes, and she seems to be struggling to hold back tears. Finally, she slips the bracelet off and walks over to a set of stone shelves set into the eastern wall of the chamber. She picks up a small stone box off of one of the shelves and carefully places the bracelet inside. Then she puts the box back on the shelf and she picks up her satchel and leaves. As she turns away, just for a moment, Athanasius, her piercing blue eyes look straight at you and you feel a jolt. Uh, it's like it's, it's as if she's actually seeing you. Uh, but then the vision fades, the sunlit room is gone, and once again you see uh, just the ruined, buried room all around you, and a bank of soft earth where the stone shelves were. What color was her hair? Black. You you wouldn't know. I know, but just, just for just for clarification for the listeners, in case they missed that, it was black. Long, dark black hair. Uh, okay, I walk up to the mound of dirt and I start digging in it. Um, do you tell anybody why you're doing that? Nope. Okay, you just start doing it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you you dig, and um, the soft earth comes away pretty easily. Um, and sure enough, um, after you dig for, uh, you know, dig your hands in there, you feel uh, some hard stone, and uh, you are able to scrape the dirt off and there's this set of stone shelves. They've collapsed a little bit, but sure enough, there is a small stone box, just like the one you just saw. Hey, hey Athens, what you doing there? Yeah, I'm like on the uh, other side, like, what's up? He grabs the box and opens it. Okay, uh, inside you find the bracelet. Um, it is... So I described it as a bracelet. It was a bracelet for this woman, um, but for you, it's it's quite large. Um, uh, she she looked like she was pretty tall, maybe you know nine even ten feet tall. Um, so this uh, is larger than a bracelet that you would wear, but it's a it's a circle of. Um, sort of dense white stone. Uh, it's pretty heavy as you weigh it in your hand. Um, and an elaborate symbol uh, made of interlocking rings and lines around a central circle is carved into its surface. 
Uh, that symbol isn't like a rune that you recognize from a language. Um, although the shape of it and like its composition does definitely remind you of the written script of the people that used to live here. It just isn't actually a word in their language, but it kind of looks like it. Gotcha. How, how did you know that was there? Have you been here before? Uh, he, he shakes his head and he just kind of looks at Flower and he, he shakes his head again and he brings the bracelet to Virginia and he says, any ideas? Uh, she sort of picks it up in her hands and, and turns it over and looks at it. I, I am not an expert on the history and, and culture of this place. Uh, if anything, uh, Mr. Nguisian, I, I would have thought maybe you might know. He shakes his head and uh, he says, it's, it's not a word. As far as I can tell, it's meant to look like a word, look like part of their written language, but it isn't actually part of it. Yes, I I don't read this language myself, but I, I have seen some inscriptions in it um, from uh, other sites we've explored, and and uh, I can certainly see the resemblance. Um, Mr. Anguissian, uh, how did you... Uh, what uh, intuition made you think that this was buried over there? Just a hunch? Let's call it a hunch for now. Yeah, she kind of maybe looks at you a little bit, but she's not going to press you. Um, is there anything else your hunches might be telling you? Not about this room. Okay. Well, keep me informed. He could just kind of nods and then falls back into line. Okay. Uh, I think she gives the bracelet back to you. According to the uh, contract uh, we signed... Uh, all the spoils we find here are rightfully belong to you, so uh, I believe this is yours. Yeah, he, he takes it. What do you do with it? For now, I just put it in my pack. Okay. I mean, there's no way I can actually wear it, so... No, if you did, it would be more like an armband. Uh, so it would go like further up your arm instead of uh, around your wrist. Kitten could wear it as a belt. <laughs> it's not quite big enough for Caden to wear as a belt. I think, I think uh, maybe then he does, he puts it on his upper arm then. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I was under the impression it was slightly bigger than that, but if I, if it will fit on my arm, then I'll put it there. It will fit on your arm. It just fits further up your arm. I'm imagining, well, okay, I'm not imagining. You had previously told me that uh, Athen was pretty beefy. Yes despite being a scholar, uh, because you pump books or whatever. Yep. <laughs> Bullshit you claimed. Yeah. You were like, oh, while I was reading, I pumped books. I was like, really? Okay, fine. He lifts books from one bookshelf to the other. They're like, do you even lift? And he's like, yes, I do. Yo, language books are thick. Okay, they, they be heavy you books. Were like, you were like uh, bench pressing dictionaries. Yeah, basically. <laughs> nice okay yeah so i was imagining that athen had pretty beefy arms and so that like um you could slide this a bit further up your arm uh and it would be like an armband instead of a bracelet gotcha okay okay um there is uh another 
uh, tunnel entrance. Um, you guys kind of came in from the south, uh, southeast of this room, and there's another exit slash entrance at the northeast of this room, if that makes sense. Caden's just kind of like, where are we going? Because at this point, like, we've been going through room after room after room. Yeah. Um, Virginia says, uh, well, I was hoping, th- I mean, we knew that there were, there were dangerous creatures of some sort in these tunnels. Um, we've eliminated some of them. I'm not sure if we've eliminated all of them. And that's, that's certainly something to keep in mind. Um, and, el- and eliminating that threat certainly was uh, a goal. Um, however, there's, um, we need to access the center of the city and, uh, in order to do so, we'll have to find some way forward, um, from this island to the next island. The only way to figure out how to do that is to keep pressing forward. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Cloud. Our theme music is by Adhesive Wombat. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for all his help and advice. I literally couldn't have done this without you. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us again next week on Tales from the Table.